0: Welcome to another episode of Dakota Spotlight. I really appreciate you listening and would like you to know about Spotlight Plus. It is a subscription to Dakota Spotlight that provides bonus content, early access, and ad-free listening, all while supporting my work and the show you love. You can subscribe right in the Apple Podcast app or visit dakotaspotlight.com. You're listening to Dakota Spotlight, a production of Forum Communications. My name is James Wollner. This is episode six of A Better Search for Barbara. If you've not listened to episodes one through five, you should really do that first. Some of the things that he liked to do
1: um, could kill you. He enjoyed choking and suffocating me and my sister. He thought that was cool.
0: You grew up with Stacy Warder. He was three years older than you. Yes. Do you think... It's possible that he murdered Barbara Cotton. Oh yes, sir. Oh yes. I'm all oh yes,
1: I'm all positive that he did when my mom said she was missing, that's the first thing that popped in my head. I don't even remember the police coming to the house to be honest with you. Because how would nobody know about this boy? In 1994, he was charged with, possession of a firearm by a But back then, it was a popular hangout for the kids that got into trouble. I still miss her to this day. Come on, it's
0: been 40 years. She was, I don't know,
1: one of the kindest people I knew. And then we'd all be hanging out together now instead of doing a podcast about her.
0: So are you telling me that law enforcement never interviewed you back then? Never.
1: Her boyfriend watched her walk to Recreation Park, which is five blocks from her home. She's not gonna, you're gonna run away with no money. But mostly gentle and kind is what I remember about her. And I feel guilty that we didn't do enough early on.
0: Standing at the corner of Main Street and 4th in Williston, North Dakota.
1: Barbara never arrived at her destination and has never been heard from again. I don't remember them asking any questions and that's just the part where she was always chalked up to be a runaway. It's all right, sir. It's good for me to get the sound, and if I can help that family, I—I I sure hope I did. I, I hope I did some good.
0: Welcome to the most unpolished episode of Dakota Spotlight ever. I interviewed Williston PD just a couple hours ago, and I know you're all waiting, so here we go. I'm just going to play this hour-long interview in its entirety without any of my usual commentary, no music, or anything like that. By the way, all that stuff I had planned for episode 5 that got pushed forward, that is still not included here, although you will hear a little bit about it in this interview. So yes, there are still episodes to come. Thanks for joining me on a better search for Barbara. Well, I appreciate this, uh...
1: Yeah, absolutely. Anytime.
0: Was it uh, just yourself today? or?
1: Um, so I have another detective in here with me, uh, Detective Amber Kane. She has also been assisting. I'll be the one speaking. Okay. Um, there's just, um, and obviously I'll talk about it a little bit more, but there's just so much data. It's just impossible for one person to kind okay. of be uh, responsible for remembering everything.
0: Totally get that. And we so much appreciate this. Um, oh, yeah. and I can hear you pretty well. Sounds like the audio is fine. So I'm recording now. And, um, okay. so, um, I guess, well, you, do you want to just introduce yourself in two sentences or something?
1: Yep. So, uh, my name is Danielle Hendricks and I am a sergeant detective, uh, for the Wilson police department. Um, I've been here for, oh goodness, probably, I think since 2012. Um, and I am one of the ones that is. um, there's three of us in total that have kind of retaken this case and, um, kind of just going back through everything.
0: Got it. Yeah. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm coming from this, from the perspective of my podcast and on Friday. Well, have you listened to the podcast?
1: Yep. So I have listened to, I haven't gotten through all of it. Um, but I have listened to a few of the episodes.
0: Okay. So on Friday anyway, um, I interviewed Stacy Werder's sisters who in no, you know, uncertain terms claim that their brother was absolutely, in their opinion, capable of killing. And I think like, as a jumping off point here, the, the thing I'm most, I think that the thing we're most curious about is this aspect of Stacy Werder. And was he, you know, was he cleared or not? Is it, you know, if you could tell us, um, just the whole, as much as you know about the Stacy order aspect. I mean, my questions here, are, did, did you, Yeah. you know, do you know where I'm coming from here?
1: Yep. So I kind of want to backtrack just a little bit. Cause I feel like, um, I know I went through your list of questions and I know there's so many of them. And I feel like, um, if I take a step back, we can kind of clarify a couple of things. Um, so interrupt at all if you need.
0: Hello, dear listener. This is James, host of Dakota Spotlight, inviting you to subscribe to Spotlight Plus. For as little as $5 per month, you will get the warm feeling of supporting the show and also unlock access to bonus episodes. Get the episodes early and listen ad free. That's right. No more ads. Apple users can subscribe to Spotlight Plus Standard right in the Apple Podcasts app. If you want to dive deeper and get even more exclusive benefits, subscribe to Spotlight Plus Premium or Spotlight Plus Ultimate. Go to dakotaspotlight.com for more details.
1: You know, the three of us started really diving into Barb Cotton um, the end of 2019, early 2020. Um, and it's uh, Lieutenant Dan Deary, uh, myself, and Detective Amber Kane. Okay. And the first step for us in this, um, you know, was really bringing all of this case file into a workable you know, document, okay. um, you know, it's not like a homicide case where we go to, you know, two years ago and we were there and we were on scene and we can specifically tell you our personal recollections. Um, you know, this is almost 40 years of data. Um, I wasn't even born yet when this happened. Right. I was going to ask you um, that. Yeah, so, you know, to go back and try and, you know, stem through so much data um, is really a huge task. Um, And, you know, records management system back in the 80s is so much different than what it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, going through each individual handwritten note to teletypes to, you know, um, we were at the library going through microfilms or, you know, however you call them, Um, you know, going back through. Um, I mean, thousands and thousands of pages of, you know, tips, leads, documents, um, and just trying to make it all to where it's, you know, a little bit more modernized to where we can actually take a, a genuine look as to what tips, leads, everything like that. Um, and so once we did that, um, our second step was to build a timeline. Um and building that timeline, obviously we brought in some resources. Um, I know you and I spoke very briefly, but, um, you know, we had Team Adam come. Um, we've used the assistance of FBI, um, you know, really to just build a strong timeline. Obviously, um, that's, you know, it's like any case. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, you gotta, you gotta build that timeline. Um, and throughout that timeline, we established a few persons of interest. Um, And then, you know, now that we have, you know, a handful of um, persons that are definitely of interest um, going back through the entire case file and what was accomplished, what wasn't, uh, what was done surrounding each person. um, And then, you know, with this case, because of the age of the case, we have to prioritize those persons of interest. Right. Um, Yeah. You know, there's uh, and we'll dive into it, obviously, a little bit, you know, about those persons. Um, but not only their age at the time that Barb went missing, but realistically, are they alive today? Um, are, is their circle of friends that maybe they hung out with at that time alive today? Um, so really, um, you know, that's kind of the hardest part for us. And I think the most time consuming for us, um, and then just trying to, to make that connection. But, um, you know, I think in order to give, I mean, it just wouldn't give Barb justice if we don't look at it from the overview point of view, you know, going down one rabbit hole. um, (laughs) And that's why we're super excited about this platform um, is to um, reach out to those people that maybe didn't know that subject one or two, you know, was a person of interest or, um, you know, really just try and help us with our investigation. Um, You know, and I think social media nowadays, I mean, we didn't have podcasts, we didn't have any of these things back in 81. And, um, you know, I mean, I just So let me interrupt,
0: what platform are you referring to?
1: The the podcast, sorry, like this type of a social media, you know, um, outreach and education, things like that. Um, you know, we didn't necessarily have those, um, you know, so we really want to, you know, from law enforcement's perspective, give a really good overview of the case. Um, obviously there's a few things that I can't disclose. Um, and obviously if you ask me, I'm just going to tell you that I can't. Um, we have, um, uh, throughout, you know, building this timeline, building, um, this case kind of into something a little bit more modernized. We've come across some things that we, um, some new leads and things like that. So we are currently working those, um, you know, so I can't, I can't give you those, Okay. (laughs) but I want to just shed light. And I think this is a great opportunity for us to bring more light to Barb. And, um, you know, this case is one, um, that is, and until we can bring some closure to that family, uh, I don't think we'll ever close it. Um, you know, it's it's not fair to them. It's not fair to our community. It's not fair to Barb. Um, you know, and this, this case has never been closed. It's been passed on to, you know, each, you know, I guess I want to call it generation of investigators. Sure. Um, you know, we just have the resources and, you know, our day and age to bring a new light to it and, you know, advances in technology and things like that that uh we're definitely gonna use um to hopefully, you know, help out Barb in this in this case. Yeah. And her family most importantly too, you know.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um
1: So I know that was kind of a real
0: No, I we appreciate I mean, the
1: overview.
0: I mean an overview is great, obviously. That's where I would start, too. Um, yep, yep. Can, I, can I ask you, I um, mean, I know you said you've worked on, like, the, It just. could you just describe the analog file when you took it on? Was it like one binder or 10 binders, or
1: oh, a gosh, pile of no. papers,
0: or what was it?
1: <laughs> um, you know, like bankers boxes? Uh, we have quite a few bankers boxes, uh, multiple binders, handwritten notes, several folders, Um, super old um, newspaper clipping CDs. Um, I think there was a floppy disk in one of them. And of course, we're just like, oh, boy, how do we get that to work? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, so there's um, thousands uh, and I think I, you know, kind of this this goes to you yesterday. um, You know, with Team Adam, we were able to use some resources through Mac and things like that, um, which we were able to digital digitalize a lot of our forms and paperwork and documents, Mm -hmm. um, to where they're searchable (laughs) documents. Um, you know, so if I wanted to search, um, you know, all of 1981, the calls for service logs, if I wanted to search, um, the cotton last name, I can do that. Or if I want to search Louise, or if I want to search Barb, um, or Kathy, I'm able to do that. Uh, whereas before, um, I mean, I think we tried to go through one binder, and it was—I mean—days and days just to get through one. Wow! Um, so,
0: like when Team so- Adam showed up, they—they they took it from the the state of your um, file, I guess, as it is now. They don't go through all those boxes, obviously. Right. So,
1: yep. So Team Adam uh, is a great resource to law enforcement. Um, it's a group of retired investigators that specialize in certain fields. Um, and now they um, kind of basically work through NCMAC and Team Adam and they come out and do case consults. Um, and this crew um, specifically specialized in cold cases and um, so they came out with, um, last year, uh, it was the end of February of 2020. Um, they came out and that's when we went through, I mean, page by page by page of this. Uh, we worked on the timeline, we worked on persons of interest, um, and it really just brought a new light to the case and, um, brought it uh, to a, a new modernized,
0: stage. Sounds great. And it was
1: organized.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. So um, can we talk about Stacey Werder now? (laughs) Yep. Yep. Absolutely. What, so like either my Friday episode was like huge news. These sisters are saying this guy, you know, they think he he killed her, but
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I, you know, so now obviously we wonder Is that impossible from your perspective or was he cleared or what's the deal there?
1: So in law law enforcement, one thing I've learned is nothing's impossible. Um, I can tell you from when we went back through, we developed, um, you know, um, three persons of interest. um,
0: He didn't have an alibi or something. He doesn't have an alibi, correct?
1: Um, so it's hard for me to say confidently yes or no. So what I can tell you is, is that um, Barb was reported missing on, I guess she was last seen on April 11th, 1981. Um, she was allegedly last seen, uh, according to Louise, um, she was with a new boyfriend at Cakes and Cones. Um, and then he walked her to recreation park and then she was at a party at 10 p.m. that night and that is the last sighting of barb.
0: And uh, just um, to be confirmed morning, we're talking about Stacy Warder correct. The boyfriend. Correct, yeah. Okay. Just making yeah. sure. <laughs> okay, so he walks yeah, her all yeah. the way to the park.
1: Er, walks her to the Plainsman, I guess that intersection and then she walks to rec park and then he goes his own way. This is according to Louise. Okay. Um and then she um Excuse me. Barb was then later seen at a party at about 10 p.m. that night.
0: Okay. And that's so, also according and to Louise. Is,
1: yes, correct. And here's, you know, the hardest problem we have had in this investigation is, is that no one can play Stacey and Willison besides Louise with Barb. Um, you know, the best friends didn't know that. Um, nobody had knowledge really of, who she, I mean, it was a shock to people that they thought she had a boyfriend, um, you know, and according to the I don't know if you want to call it rumor mill or speculation or hearsay, you know, Stacy allegedly worked in the oil field. Um, but Louise reports he was a dishwasher at Cakes and Cones. Oh, um,
0: that's so completely it's, new.
1: Yes. Um, So, and I wanted to read you um, the original call for service. And this is straight from April. It's actually April 12th, 1981. Um, So, this is the original report that came in on 4-12-1981 at 1556 hours. Okay. Um, And this is what it says. Call from Louise Cotton. Um, of her address, she lists it, uh, reporting that her daughter Barbara has not come home since yesterday. She is a 15 year old, list her date of birth, brown hair and eyes, small build, wearing a tan short jacket and blue jeans. Was last seen at a friend's house at about 10 p.m. last night, was with a guy by the name of Stacy earlier in the evening. Stacy, first name, used to wash dishes at Cakes and Cones. Um, Mrs. Cotton contacted him and he advised her that she told him that she was going to walk home from Cakes and Cones. Mrs. Cotton feels that, um, there's another person listed in here, um, may know where she is, but is not telling. Um, and I can't release that name, but what I can tell you is, is it's not Stacy. Um,
0: so this third person, so- it, do you think that person is the person I've been referring to as a friend who... You know, we don't know if there was a dinner now, but at Cakes and Cones, you know, my story has been, you know, she had dinner with, I'm thinking Stacy, but maybe he was working. We don't know now, you know. Um, But then mm-hmm. this third person has been a big mystery for us. A friend we've been trying to figure out was that Barbara? No, I, mean, I can Louise? tell you
1: that it's not a mystery. Um Okay we cannot confirm the dinner. I don't know
0: um, (laughs) where
1: that information came from. No, no. And I I think it's, this is all just, you know um, everyone's recollections. And, you know, I mean, this is almost 40 years ago, you know Um, just base. And when I talk about what I can confirm and what I can't confirm, I'm solely talking about, you know, the documents in front of me, the people we have talked to, um, you know, the information that we have received. I'm not saying that it's not true. Um, Maybe we just don't have that information. Um, I just don't know where that information came from.
0: Okay, I think Um, I might have misunderstood you. This third person, so Louise said in the initial call that this other person might know where she is. Are you saying that you can't tell us who it is or you can also not confirm that that person existed or... Something if you understand nope. my question,
1: so this is the same person who she was with at a friend's house at ten p m the night um she disappeared allegedly um and Louise Cotton had concerns that this person was kind of like knew where she was, but wouldn't tell Louise. Um, I just am not releasing that person's name at this point, um however, I can tell you it's not Stacy if okay. that makes sense,
0: yeah. And can you, one obviously very important thing is in the investigation back then, was that person confirmed by an investigation or are we going off of Louise's words, story? Um, did, a, did a detective go find that person, establish that there was a party, talk to people? Has it been confirmed? I
1: can't say for sure based upon the information that's in front of me, Um it's definitely on our list. Uh, however, I can't, I, you know, it's so hard to decipher. Um, I, I know some of the main questions are, is did law enforcement go to the residents? Did law enforcement speak to some of these people? Um, I can confirm a couple things, but, you know, those are just either notes that are written down or, um, information that I can review in the case file. Um, you know, I can't personally tell you that, yes, they did speak with this person or,
0: um, you know, it's just mm, so
1: hard to decipher.
0: I understand. I guess I'm still not understanding though. If we just stick to the party, the her last known whereabouts, um, this party with this other person that you don't want to release the name. Has that, is that true? (laughs) Was that confirmed by law enforcement back then?
1: It's reported by Louise. That's what I can say. Okay. Yep.
0: And you can't tell us if anyone at that party was spoken to? I mean, it's an, it's a honest question. Were they, did they find these people? Is that a weird question for me to ask? Like, has that been So confirmed? I can
1: tell you that contact has been made, uh, in, our years of having the investigation. Oh, okay. That that's much.
0: Sense. Yes, that's much more important. Okay. I guess at this point, forget <laughs> yeah, about when. For, uh, forget about when has that been confirmed? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, she was at a party.
1: That's the information we have received.
0: Okay, meaning you could someone could have lied to you, obviously.
1: Oh, absolutely. That happens yeah. quite a bit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. Do you feel confident that she was at that party?
1: Without being around in 1981, um, it's hard to say. Um, you know, I can't uh, get a gauge on who was all there, the times. Um, obviously, it's a piece to our puzzle that okay. we hope fits into a bigger piece. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't really have an opinion about it, if that makes sense. And I don't mean that, like, disrespectful. Um, It's definitely something that's noted in our, you know, puzzle piece. And we'll see where it, it fits in the big picture.
0: It was, like, less your personal opinion. More like if you take all the evidence on a scale, you know, evidence that points to that she was at a party and, I guess, the absence of evidence. I mean, does it lean towards... She was at this party. I, I know I'm being annoying now, but I'm just trying to understand okay. if if it was...
1: Um, what I can... I, I, I guess what I can say is, is Louise reported the party uh, and another person reported this incident or at the party, um, you know, and okay. who's to say that party was two friends just sitting together? Who's to say it wasn't just a giant party? Yeah. Um, you know, that's something we we can't necessarily establish, you know, we still have additional interviews um, to conduct. We're still kind of in this investigative stage. Um, there's a lot of people that we need to revisit and we want to sit down and talk to. Um, wow. it, it's just, I, I can't.
0: So this is kind I, of.
1: Without this investigation being farther along, I, I can't say if it's a legitimate party or not. Right. It's it's definitely a factor that we have to take into consideration.
0: Yes. So is this new discovery about? No, it can't be because Louise said.
1: Nope. It was reported on April 12th, 1981 from Louise Cotton.
0: And I hate to be so snippy, but not snippy, but like it's 40 years later. And now we're trying to interview these people at the party. Like
1: I can't tell you that they weren't interviewed. I'm just telling you you know, like now in our day and age, we're going back, we're re-interviewing, we're doing these things, um, you know, like just because it's not, you know, there's not necessarily a report on it. I mean, even in today's times, I go out and I talk to people, you know, in town about certain things and, um, you know, just talking to people and, you know, maybe there isn't a report because something wasn't of evidentiary value or, um, you know, I, it's just so hard to say, um, Okay.
0: All right. Well, I mean, you this know, is all part of the mystery. This we knew. We knew this oh, was yeah. a mystery. So I appreciate you uh, trying to um, help us understand. So.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: So, I guess you have to remind me now. Was Stacy didn't go? Did not go to that party? Or he, no. Stacy was not. We can't at
1: the- confirm that he was or wasn't there. Got it. Uh, we just know from, um, you know, that initial call, and, and things are a lot fuzzier for some people. Um, you know, like it's hard for people to recall specifically, you know, when they were 13, 14, 15, um, who was all there, um, Stacy very well could have been there, or maybe he genuinely wasn't there. Um, you know, a conversation that we have thought about in our head is, um, is the reason they separated at, you know, um, fourth and main is, is because maybe Barb wanted to go by herself or maybe she didn't want Stacy to go with her, um, or maybe they had agreed to meet up later. We don't, uh, unfortunately, those are questions that we just don't get the luxury of knowing.
0: Right. Wow. This is just almost. Uh, um, so can you tell us if Stacey Werder was interviewed and things like that?
1: Um, so without a report, I mean, I can't say definitely yes or no, but what I can tell you Is that on April, let me see, uh, Monday, April 13th, 1981, uh, Louise Cotton called and she reports that she thinks her daughter is in Scobie, Montana with a Stacy Wardner. They might be in room 205 at Pioneer Hotel. Um, Law enforcement responded and all that's documented is, is received word that the girl is not there.
0: And that was on the 13th of April? Correct. Monday. So the day, just two After days. After she
1: was reported missing. So
0: Stacy's in Montana already. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. And that was based, that was Louise. Allegedly,
1: yes. Allegedly. According to Louise, yes.
0: So again, it was Louise looking for information and passing it on to law enforcement, right? Wow. Yep. Interesting. And she wasn't there, so we know that much.
1: Mm-hmm. And I don't know that SECU is there. I, I can't confirm that from this report. I, I mean, it's a call for service report. It's not like a detailed document. Um, but that's just what's reported. And that was at one eighteen p.m. is Louise called and reported that.
0: So anywhere in that big old case files, all those files you have, is there a police incident report or I guess it would be called an interview report that I've read many of like, I, I met Stacey Werder from a law enforcement uh, agent that I met him on this date and I asked him these questions and this is what he said. Or did he
1: not that we can find in within the documents?
0: Well, I guess the other important thing is it says somewhere on the Internet, you know, it's a few days later, she's a missing persons case is open or whatever how does how did that No, nope.
1: so a uh, police report was filed um and that uh on sunday the 12th um i think it was yeah sunday april 12th uh keys kxmd kumv was notified um on april 17th an article was posted in the newspaper girl reported as missing um, barb cotton 15 a resident to list the address um has been reported missing. She was last seen Saturday, April 11th. Um, describes her, um, you know, what she was wearing, her weight, her height, and then anyone call or with anyone, anyone with information, um, please call police or Louise Cotton.
0: Wow, okay, and um, I mean. You've seen the files. Can you just, do you have a sense of what was going on that week as far as, I mean, I, I guess what she considered, I don't know how to ask this question, I guess. Um, I'm getting a little flustered here. Like what to ask you next, unless you can sort of just explain for us.
1: No, you're fine. I can talk a little bit about it. Like what was going on? Yeah. So there's multiple calls. Um, It's so hard to say, you know, day by day, you know, like there wasn't like a daily log of what the primary investigator was doing. Um, I, I mean, I can't speak for that. Um, you know, the better documentation of the case file kind of starts in about uh, 87-ish uh, in that time frame, is where we really start to see a little bit more documentation, which I think kind of helps with maybe changes within the department and, you know, technology. Um, But, uh, you know, there is a ton of handwritten notes that the initial investigators have. We still have those. We have the originals. Um, We have, you know, repeated, um, you know, possible sightings of her and those are documented that they go and they check out. Um, You know, I'm trying to think, I'm just trying to find one for you just to give you an example. So Thursday, May 21st, somebody called. They reported seeing Barb at a hotel room. Um, Not sure where this is at. I can't decipher what town, Um, but it says that law enforcement went uh, negative contact. It wasn't, you know, the subject.
0: That's in May. Um, Yeah. Hmm. I wonder. Yeah, I guess it's it's potential possible she ran off with this. I mean, Stacy guy, too. I don't know. So the other question I had is kind of the same thing. You know, I I have it on here. Kenton, Kathy Cotton, no recollection of being interviewed by police back then. Is that, do you know if that's true or not? Or why that would be? Or, I mean, I, I'm old, so 1981 is not the dark ages. I've read police files from, you know, the early 60s. And they're, you know, very detailed. So I'm just wondering, is this just a memory issue with the, cotton kids or would they have not been interviewed or did Louise ask them not to interview her kids or.
1: OK, so um, what I can tell you is is from the interviews that we have done. Um, Louise kept her children pretty sheltered from the investigation. Um, you know, and I, I think Kathy would confirm that, you know, Louise would come to the police department to talk. Um, she really wouldn't involve them. Um, as far as them being interviewed, you know, in the 80s when Barb went missing, um, I can't say yes, and I can't say no, I just don't have that documentation. But what I can say is, as I know, um, back in, like, at least documented, um, they spoke and met with Kathy in 2004 a few times, and then again in 2010, um, not saying that at the initial time when Barb went missing, Um, It's really hard to say yes or no. Um, I know Louise, I mean, she kept the kids pretty sheltered from the investigation. Um, I know Kathy had told us that, you know, her and Kent would want to go knock on doors um, and Louise would not let them. Um, I know Kathy mentioned, you know, after Barb went missing, I mean, her, I would say the general strictness of Louise pretty much kind of tightened up quite a bit. Um, which is, I think a normal reaction to any mother who had a child go missing. Um, but, uh, definitely kept the kids pretty sheltered from the investigation is my,
0: um, I mean, we understand, we understand it was a long time ago and there's a lot of documents to your knowledge has any, any documents in this case ever been shredded or destroyed
1: no, I, I we I mean we have the original handwritten notes from like 1981. You know, somebody would call in. So I guess
0: um, so. I guess an easier way of asking that question is: Are there any records of the kids being interviewed back then? Because you said you can't say there was, or that you can't say there wasn't. But isn't the absence of the record indication that they weren't?
1: No, not necessarily. I mean, I go out and I talk to lots of people. I mean, even in today's age, um, you know, I'll be out looking for. A witness to a crime and you know maybe my crime happened you know it's an injury accident at 2nd and 11th and you know i go and just kind of canvas and talk to people i don't necessarily do reports on all of that until i find somebody who's got the information um if that kind of makes sense um it just and i don't want to say that because it's not there it wasn't done that's never at all my intentions throughout this um it's just it was a different time then and record management system is just different now.
0: Yeah. True. That's true. Um do we know if Stacy Werder was staying at the Plainsman Hotel? Or do we have any idea?
1: No, I have no idea where that information came from.
0: Okay. Fair enough. I mean I think it's just probably Yeah, I have no idea. An either.
1: assumption, yeah for sure. Yeah. I, mm. I think it's a I mean it's a mm. an appropriate, you know,
0: this is one this one's gonna upset he here. I'm sorry. This one might upset the family and I apologize. Was Barbara ever looked at as a potential prostitute?
1: Uh, nothing in my records. I don't think we really had. I mean, I can't speak for 1981, but in our case, I mean, since we have kind of revaluated this case, absolutely not. That is not a, a even avenue we've gone down.
0: I didn't think so either. We. I just had discussions with people like she walks to a hotel with some guy she hardly knows. Um, you know, I just wanted to at least ask the question. <laughs> Um, Oh, yeah.
1: No, I understand.
0: And what about um, Louise herself? Was she ever looked at as a suspect or considered Um, one, I should say?
1: No, you're fine. Um, So, And this is kind of where I want to talk about um, a little bit more in depth. So, you know, in any case of a homicide or an assault or, you know, anything like that, um, it's pretty common. And I think everybody knows this if they've watched 48 hours or, you know the vanished or something. Um, we always look at spouses, significant others, boyfriends, girlfriends, and then family. Um, you know, I, I can tell you that Frank, um, was and is a person of interest.
0: Okay. We need to explain that because I haven't actually explained for my listeners that there were other siblings, but they had actually, I think there were nine children in all. So, um, Frank is the older brother, not uh, Kent who we've heard from in the podcast. So, uh, Frank was born in like forty nine or something. He's a lot, lot older than them, right?
1: Yeah, I think there was a, about a twenty age difference or twenty year gap between the older set of siblings and the younger set. Without going too much into depth, um, out of respect for the family, um, there was some concerns uh, um, with Frank uh, mentioned then, and there are some concerns with Frank now. Still, as we have done our case uh, study. Um, and this is really where we want to use your platform in this podcast. Um, you know, when I talk to you about how, you know, within building our timeline, we came up with a couple persons of interest and the priority of those persons of interest is really important to us within, you know, this, I guess, new set of eyes on this investigation um, because of the age of the case and not only the age difference between Barb and Frank, um, who were Frank's friends at that time? What did they see? What did they hear? Um, I'm not really good at math, but um, you know, they're probably pretty elderly now. Um, And we definitely um, really want to use this and if anybody at that point in time has any information um, regarding, you know, concerns with Frank or maybe no concerns with Frank, you know, we definitely want to take those into consideration um and I, I believe i talked with Kathy and i think Kathy filled you in a little bit more um and there yep, are some yep. concerns that i would rather uh if the family's comfortable with releasing that um that they release those concerns yeah um you know all i have is allegations and all i have is hearsay um right, right. you know so if the family's comfortable with that i, I i'm pretty sure cuz i actually called Kathy um and, you know, just add a respect for her family. And, yes. you know, what, what is she comfortable with me talking about? And what is she not? Right. Um, just because this is a sensitive situation. Absolutely. And, you know, this has
0: been just, yeah, absolutely. You
1: know, and even in, even in Frank's defense, he's not here to defend himself. And we, we never want it to come across as like, you know, we're just here to tarnish people's names. That's not at all our intentions. You know, our intentions are just to find out what happened to Barb. And um, yeah. unfortunately, Frank is deceased and he has passed away. Um, And that's why we kind of want to use this platform is, does anybody who was friends with Frank know anything?
0: Yeah. I think I, you know, part of my next episode was going to be about Frank and Diane Latticer made a comment. She was like, she said something like, I want, I don't think he even had any friends. This was a comment she made, which I don't know. And you know, we don't, she didn't know him well or anything, but um, so what you're asking for is more information from people who might have known Frank Cotton. Um, those he was he would have been about 70 now if I, I did the math right. So probably people, assuming he had friends in his okay. at the same age of him, maybe people about that. Yeah, um, yeah. So absolutely, if anyone has, and just to be crystal clear, innocent until proven guilty. you're just looking for potentially more information about. Frank, right?
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you know, like I said, he is a um, I, I feel comfortable in saying that he is a person of interest within this case, um, not saying that he you know, he is the one that is responsible for Barb's disappearance. Um, but, um, you know, unfortunately, I don't get the luxury of talking to Frank. Um, and unfortunately, that, that is the sad part about this investigation is there's a lot of people that have passed. And that's why it's just so important if anybody knows anything or um, remembers anything, even if it's not related to Frank, uh, we want them to come to like to law enforcement. We want them to disclose this information to us.
0: You know, that's a good point that I was just I spoke with a retired detective the other night um, through this podcast. I've gotten to know quite a bit of people in, in law enforcement and I've been getting some calls about their, this is a head scratcher. They say, you know, this is this is a mystery. They're very intrigued. And uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: one of them pointed out and I he's absolutely right. I have actually not said in the podcast, if you know what happened to Barbara Cotton, call the Williston Police Department. I mean. I I don't know. I don't know why I haven't said that earlier. But obviously, don't call me if you know what happened. If you have strong information, um, and you feel comfortable, call Wilson PD.
1: Yeah, and it is it's so hard for us, you know, especially, uh, you know, this generation of us is law enforcement, Um, the three of us, you know, I don't think I any of us were born before. Uh, you know, when this case happened. So, you know, I can't tell you who all Barb's friends were. I can't tell you who Louise was friends with, Frank was friends with. Um, You know, I, I, I personally have no recollection. I have no history so it's really hard for us to come in and just we can't even make assumptions in this case you know no, but what you uh, what you
0: have is what would have been documented in all those reports way back then the people who were there yep. on the ground at the time are the ones who should have been gathering that information for you basically
1: yep and and we can't say that they didn't um it's just not necessarily documented and you know that's where i guess i really want to reiterate is, is um even if you haven't been talked to, I mean, ever, um, and you have information, um, whether how, you know, big or small that information is, is, you know, we want that information. Um, there might be, you know, I mean, if, and I guess I want to reiterate to, you know, some people is, is like, if your name has been brought up in this podcast and, um, you haven't been reached out by law enforcement, um, or you want to talk to law enforcement, call us, please. You know, um, we're still in kind of the early phases of this investigation. Um, I mean, granted we've been working on it for, you know, since the end of 2019, but there's, there is a, um, astronomical amount of documents here for us to try and get through. And, um, you know, we're just kind of chunk and chewing each, you know, as we can. Um, and plus, all three of us have full-time caseloads and like Lieutenant Deary is gone right now for three months. So it's just uh, detective Kane and I, um, any chance? Know, so there's so much,
0: any chance I could come in there and look through everything for like two months and take that off your hands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you go to the Academy and you become a detective, I would gladly okay. glad you <laughs> let well, you come in.
0: <laughs> well, sometimes I feel like uh, I already have the, uh, the, um, ability to do that. I mean, I would be. Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, and you know, in your platform and what you do, I mean, you have a special skill set. Um, and that's, you know, where it's so nice for us as law enforcement to have resources like you and your skills and your ability and um, to really just work with each other. And, you know, um, I, I'm not going to close you off to coming and looking at everything right now. I mean, it's not a, a solid answer. Uh, we just have some more things that we want to do. Um, but that's definitely not off the table. I mean, we could we could discuss that for sure at a later date. I know there's just a lot left that we need to do. Yeah. Um,
0: so I got some questions. So a lot of things came to me this morning. I'll just throw one at you here, um, a tip I got this morning. It's not really even a tip, but I, I think it'll just be fun to tell you the kind of things I hear. A guy emailed mm-hmm. me this morning and said that, and I'm just curious if this rings a bell. Um, do you? Re- I wrote it down here. Do you recall anything in the information about some guy impersonating a police officer right in Barbara's neighborhood, possibly riding around on a bike? He had a badge and they, he thinks a gun. And this person might have killed himself around that time and lived in the area. Is that just anything you've ever heard? Did before? he
1: um, kill himself in Williston? Is that what yes. the assumption is? Yeah. Okay. Uh, No, that is nothing we have. So, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, send it our way. Um, We have a, so we have these things that we uh, have created since we have redone this case file just to make it more into a workable document and they're lead sheets. And so any information that comes in, it gets put on a lead sheet um, and we just go through um, and start crossing these leads off of our list. And, um, You know, we absolutely, that's the first I've heard from that. And Amber is shaking her head. No, she hasn't heard that one either.
0: And then another one that's really confusing me is, I can't get a straight answer about this, but I've been told that, again, Stacey Werder, there might have been a suicide note. And then I've been kind of been told, like, the police don't want this suicide note to come to light. Is that crazy talk or?
1: Well, if somebody has the suicide note, we'd love to see it. (laughs) um what i can tell you with stacy is it's difficult um detective kane actually is the one who was kind of tasked with following up with uh stacy in montana um we confirmed that he did pass away in the jail uh parent suicide um just a few months after barb um went missing um but we also have you know a different side of things. Cause we were really curious, you know, in the initial call for service, Louise doesn't know Stacy's last name. Um, and then two days later, she's got a last name and she reports the incident, at, you know, the hotel in Montana. Um, and then we find these handwritten notes from, it looks like September 1st, it might be August 1st or September 1st. I can't tell if the eight is an eight or a nine. Um, so either, August 1st or September 1st, 1981, a message from Mrs. Cotton. Um, Mrs. Wordner, Stacy's mother, called about three weeks ago. She gave her phone number and she said that Stacey talked about Barb before he committed suicide. Said if Barb comes back to tell her to call Mrs. Wordner, um, Mrs. Cotton will call back uh, with that phone number. And she does.
0: Wow. Um, Interesting. Wow. So they. Yep. Yeah.
1: Cause we were curious as to how, um, Stacy or not Stacey, excuse me, Louise, Louise and Cynthia got in contact with each other. Um, you know, and I know back when we were kind of really first, you know, early 2020, um, you know, we started doing some research to try and get in touch with Cynthia. Um, and obviously we found out that she had passed away. Yep. Um,
0: 2014, <laughs> yep. Right. yep. So, so was that uh, the first time that um, Stacy's parents that anyone attempted as far as you know that law enforcement attempted to re- reach out to them
1: um I that, don't it, I, I'm aware. gonna make an assumption uh, because the note was written down with her phone number oh, I right. would assume that contact was made at some point in time. I don't know why else Louise Cotton would give us, you know, the detective at the time, this phone number. Um, Obviously I can't with a hundred percent certainty say that they did make contact with each other. Um, But I just, you know, with these notes and stuff, I mean, obviously he had the phone number. And just, Um, just
0: for me to be a pain in the butt again, the reason you can't confirm it is because no, if I assume he called them as well. I, I mean, that's why you got the number. But he just yep. didn't write it down? I mean that just
1: Um You know, and it, it it was just different times then, you know. I I'm not even gonna, you know
0: I don't think it was though. I mean I hate to be such a pain, but why what was so different in nineteen eighty one? I mean, that's when you worked on with paper. I've read documents from seventy six, you know, Milton Weiss down in Wishick. <laughs> I mean, completely yep. and, very detailed. You know, and you go know, ahead, smaller
1: departments, and we, you know, the 80s was the first boom here. Um, so I don't know what their call volume was like. I don't know, yep. you know, yeah. how busy they were. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, uh, I understand and, your and, perspective. And unfortunately, I also don't have the luxury of speaking with the the few investigators that had this early on for the first 10, 15 years. Um, they have all since passed. And, um, you know, the investigators that I have talked to in the past, um, that did have their hands on this case, um, you know, it, it's, it's hard cause they weren't there either. So, um,
0: I think you I'm, know, I'm is, so old. So for me, 1981 is yesterday for you. It's like, I wasn't what, born yet <laughs> for me. It's for you. It's <laughs> like when I think of 1949 is what, how you think of 1981 probably. So, but I can tell you it wasn't, I mean, we had typewriters. <laughs> we knew how to document stuff, so it just—I don't.
1: Yeah, it, and just surprises not, me, you know. And I just want to be really clear, you know. Like my role in this isn't to quarterback. You know, the faults. I—I—I want to just. What can we do better moving forward is really what I want to focus on, and. Um,
0: I mean that's fair enough. Know, we want to find out what the, happened to Barbara, not.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it—it it is. I mean to say that, you know, the first couple months when we were all sitting down and going through this, I mean, it was, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's there's so much documents and, you know, documentation here and um, who, I mean, who's to say we have all the boxes? I mean, we assume we have all the boxes, but what if something did get, um, you know, set aside or, you know, I can't say yes or no, you know, I mean, I feel like I have an enormous amount of stuff, but, um, I'm not the original investigator, so I don't know what's missing and what's not. (laughs) Right.
0: Okay. No, I mean, uh, we, we understand and we appreciate your, I appreciate your patience with my questions. It's just sometimes frustrating to feel like the most obvious thing. Uh, but you know, I, you have a point with the, the call load, you know, how much, what was going on in 81, how big the department was. Um, I last week, I started to feel like I couldn't keep up with, everything that was coming in, because even though I've said on the podcast, please email me at Spotlight at gmail.com. Everyone wants to send it uh, through Facebook messenger. And it was just before I knew it, it was, I, I was pretty much overwhelmed trying to keep up and I'll mm-hmm. have to go back now. It is. And, and you know, I can go ahead.
1: Yeah. I can tell you from a current investigator standpoint, I mean, I have a current case load of, you know, on average, 25 to 30 cases at any time. And, Um, you know, we're trying to balance, you know, critical incidents that are happening in the city and this case and, you know, everything else. I mean, just as a whole, I mean, I know the stressors of an investigator and, um, I would imagine, and, and this is just me being super honest. I imagine they were flooded with information. Um, you know, a missing 15 year old girl in our community, um, you know, that that just doesn't sit right. And, um, you know, I can see a little bit of all the calls of the possible sightings. And, um, you know, if you want to think, you know, even years later, once we got the skeletal surveys um, of Barb and her dental records, um, every time that there's an unidentified uh, remain of a, you know, female that even remotely close matches barb you know we got to send all of that we've still got to go through that um, and it's a lot of legwork I will say um, and you know like we had one this morning <laughs> um, of you know uh, unidentified female and um, and I don't know if it came from your platform or whatnot but somebody messaged our Facebook page and they sent us a question on um, uh, a Jane Doe basically that was located and we were able to you know send our stuff and confirm and Um, that it was not, let me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: About Barbara you're talking about.
1: Yep. Yep. So, um, I mean, I would say even now in 2021, I mean, every few months and, uh, we get a tip of a possible, you know, uh, unidentified female that's been recovered or, you know, remains that have been found and we still send, you know, her x-rays, we send their dental records. Um, you know, the most important thing that I, I really want um, in this case is um, to bring some peace and some closure to that family. You know, I, I mean, I have, I'm the oldest of seven, right? And mm-hmm. I uh, i couldn't imagine, you know, no. for 40 years losing one of my siblings and um, no. not even that, but I have my own children and I couldn't imagine 40 years going without yeah. never knowing what happened to my daughter or my sister or um you know, whatever it is. And I think I'm really, um, I I, I think we're just super all invested in providing Kathy and Kent, you know, those answers and those, um, and even if we can't find answers, just some peace and closure and.
0: I'm looking forward to your um, investigation. You're still working on things such as um, Frank, you said, and uh, I'm just looking forward to you guys seeing that through. because mm-hmm. it might bring some peace. You might be able to exclude him. Um, I didn't warn you about this question, but that's because it came in this morning, and I'm going to word it in a way that doesn't... I mean, um, I've been told that there, somewhere in North Dakota there is potentially some human remains that you want to look into involved uh, related to this case. Can you comment on that?
1: I have no idea what that means.
0: <laughs> there are no human remains... So, you're not. Um,
1: so are you like, I, I and I'm not trying to beat her. On, I just genuinely don't know where that comes from. So are you saying like is someone in, like emphasizing that we have remains or we're searching for remains or there is remains, because if there is, I want to know
0: <laughs> that there are remains, but you haven't been able to get to them yet. Potential remains.
1: No, that is not. That's not yeah. factual at all.
0: It's not factual at all that like you're waiting for ground to thaw or something like that.
1: Not, no, I have no knowledge where remains are for barbed cotton. That is, I have Potentially, no... Potentially,
0: I don't know, you know. Okay, interesting. Wow, very interesting. That's good to hear, I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can talk about this. You know, this is something I didn't want to say too much about because I I was I thought it might actually compromise your ongoing investigation. But maybe after I stop yep. recording...
1: So there's, and I... I don't want it to, like, I'm trying to think of how to word this. So, there is leads and places where, you know, since we've re-looked at this case, you know, we've got a lead sheet of lots of things that we want to do in the future. Um, if I knew where Barb Cotton was, and if I knew where her remains were, if, if that is the case, we would have them. That is, that. there's no waiting on that. Um, I, I wouldn't, let, (laughs) I mean, if I had confirmation where I, if regardless of where she's at in the United States, if she is anywhere that that's not something we wait on. Um, if I know where,
0: yeah, I found, I found that strange too, that it was over a year ago, but, um, still haven't moved on it or something. Um, so maybe it's just, uh, inaccurate information as there's probably a lot of that floating around now. So I appreciate you answering that in that fashion. Yep. Um can I can I can I uh, am I accurate if I say after this conversation I I can't tell my listeners that Stacy Warder was cleared? Um or, or do you think he was? We
1: can't say that either. Um I and I don't know where that information came from. Um you know, I
0: As far as you know he never was cleared, is that what you're saying?
1: Um essentially, but then again, I don't know what that call for service at the hotel meant. I don't know if they talked to him. I don't know. Um, from what I can tell, um, and even now today, we have Stacey as one of our persons of interest. Okay. Um, you know, just because unfortunately we don't get to talk to him, we don't get to find out why. Um,
0: but he didn't have an alibi. You know, You're, he could not. He he cannot be excluded, correct?
1: That, that is correct. I mean, we don't know if he did provide that. I mean, today in 2021, when we are reviewing this case, I don't see it in paper. Um, I know Kathy had mentioned that at one point she was told that he was cleared. Um, I just, unfortunately looking at these papers, unless I'm missing something, I don't see when or how that happened. Um, if he did. Okay. That's great. I just, You know, today, I can't say the same because I don't know where that came from.
0: Well, um, okay. And regarding that suicide note, I can tell you that as of latest of yesterday, I had his sisters in California talking to some relative, trying to locate a potential suicide note. So if if I get it, I'll let you see it.
1: Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Send me an email, please. We'd love to see that.
0: Is your Um, email working now?
1: Yes, it is. It's up.
0: Because <laughs> you left a voicemail on Friday that the email is down and yesterday still, I guess. Was that a?
1: Yeah, um, the whole server, like, I don't know if it was hacked or crashed or what happened. But um, we're still, it looks like we're still missing quite a bit. Um, but I know, like, I've been able to send and receive this morning. Cool,
0: because so. email is much easier for me than, um, since I'm so old, I like a big screen in front of me. So, <laughs> wow, I probably forgot questions and i'll get all these um, comments from listeners like why didn't you ask this and that but i think we went through pretty much everything and to be honest i'm the biggest thing for me one of the biggest was was stacy Warder cleared because i don't know if you listened to episode five of my podcast but those sisters out there in california they are with you know, they're definitely saying he is capable of absolutely strangling someone to death. You know, um, if you haven't listened to it, you should. <laughs> Which yep. doesn't.
1: Um, and that—that's the hard part too. Is is we can't necessarily establish that Barb and Stacey were dating. Uh, Louise says so, but her best friends didn't know that. Um, and granted, I know. I mean, gosh, I'm trying to think back when I was 15. I mean, it, but it was just such a different time then, you know. Um, but I, I just, I find it, and maybe I shouldn't, but I find it odd that Louise or I guess Barb had a relationship with, um, an individual Louise knew, but her friends didn't. Um, and like, you know, if you talk to Kathy too, you take it and this is all circumstantial. Kathy indicates that Barb and Louise were not close at all. So. Did Barb confide this in Louise, but not her friends? Um, that's just odd to me. But then, you know, um, Cynthia, Stacy's mom, said that Stacy talked about Barb before um, he passed. I mean, but that's all from Louise. I can't confirm that that came from Cynthia. Um,
0: and I can tell you, you that. Know, and- when I spoke to Stacy's sisters last week, the youngers uh, Shelly, used the word, when she referred to Barbara, she used the word girlfriend. And I don't know if that's because she's been told in later years, you know, this, we're all talking about him being her boyfriend, or if she actually, she says that my mother said that Stacy's girlfriend's mother called. That's the way, she, the words she used. And, you know, all these okay. years later, it doesn't mean that she could have just been told this story a couple of years ago. You know, it's on the internet, Boyfriend. So, um, and I talked to their sister, Diane. Um, so Barbara had an older sister, Diane. And she said, I asked her about this phrasing of the word boyfriend, because sometimes like girls, between girls, I'll call a, a friend, a buddy, a girlfriend or boyfriend. Was it yeah. just, but Diane says my mother, if she said boyfriend, she meant romantic relationship. Uh, so I th- <laughs> it's a mystery. Yeah. Yep. It's a mystery.
1: Yep. And I think, um, you know, for me, I just, um, you know, and if anybody knows, I mean, in, in this podcast, I mean, how long, if they were dating, how long were they dating? I know Barb had a previous boyfriend. Um, and, and if they were dating, I guess, I assume that they hadn't been dating very long. um, but I, I, I guess what I would just like to know is, can anyone confirm that those two were dating? Did they ever physically see those two together?
0: Exactly, it's a mystery, and uh, yep. And then, uh, yeah.
1: And I also, if you don't mind, go ahead. Um, just you know, since to provide the most, um, I guess, transparency with it, you know, we also have another individual. Um, and we, like, what I can say is is that there's no direct relationship with this subject and Barb, um, but there was an individual who... Um,
0: person of received... interest? Yes. Okay.
1: Um, hold on. Give me two seconds. Let me sure. find... So another person, mm-hmm. you're going
0: you're to tell us about another person of interest. This is awesome. This is what kind of yep. thing people want to hear. Um, so and I have some perfect. names to share with you later as well, which you probably already have, but... Um.
1: Yeah. So, even if we look at May of uh, 1981, um, FBI, or wait, is it this one here? That's May 9th, and this is May 20th. Is this where it's reported, though? Sorry. There's just a lot of stuff here. I just want the initial report date um yeah i think i just i'm gonna butcher the name that's the correct spelling right yeah so um in may of 1981 we had received information from wyoming um, that they had a double homicide of two young girls down in Rowlings, Wyoming. Um, and that they had a witness that stated that a white van with North Dakota license plates on it was trying to pick up young girls. He stated that the plate came back to Frank Bellapine Pina. I don't know if it's Pena or Pina, um, of Williston. Um, and which one, um, later to were issued for murder. Yep. And then later two warrants were issued for murder for the gentleman. Um, so we have this, and this is just, a. I I think when we were all going back through this case file with team Adam, you know, this just kind of was a huge red flag for us was, is, um, you know, we had this subject in our area in 1981 around the time that Barb went missing, um, who was later, um, uh, picked up for two counts of murder in Wyoming. But subsequently, um, committed suicide in jail right after he was arrested Wow So yeah, that's kind of
0: um, I appreciate it you um, know, uh, I, this- One other question I didn't get to was, were you aware if you've listened to the podcast of um, that Stacy Werder was dismissed and discharged from the Navy potentially um, paranoid schizophrenic Is that stuff in there? Did anyone look at his history further that you know of?
1: If they did, I just don't have the records.
0: But no records were shredded, to your knowledge?
1: No, nothing to my knowledge. But, um, I mean, that's almost 40 years ago. I, I just, I mean, I have things from the very beginning of the investigation, so I don't believe, like, nothing, I I mean, nothing I don't believe was intentionally shredded or anything like that. Right. Um, you know, I think it's just difference. But, um You know, it's hard to say as well, too, because if Stacey was cleared, I mean, would they go through all that process of digging and getting those things? Um, You know, I just don't have those answers. So
0: it um, seems to me, though, like that if you're going to clear someone like that, who he's in Montana by Monday and they're going to clear him, it just seems like there'd be a piece of paper in that file saying we looked at this person. We're moving on for these reasons. Seems to me. mm -hmm. But. um. Well, is there, do you want to tell people what number they should call and if they have any tips and give them?
1: Yep. So um, if they call the 701-577-1212 um, and it's uh, Lieutenant Deary, um, Sergeant Danielle Hendricks and Detective Amber Kane, all three of us have been working this for the last, you know, since the end of 2019. Um, and I think the most important thing that we just want to reiterate to everyone is, is we're not here um to talk about you know you know the wrongs or the rights we're just here to collect facts and put the puzzle piece together um and if anybody has any information no matter how small or big they might think it may be um you know reach out to us call us um our email addresses should be on the website for the police department um we are you know like i said um We all do still work other cases alongside with Barb Cotton. Um, So if it takes us just a little bit getting back to you, we will get back to you as soon as we can. Um, But, you know, we just wanted to provide the best insight from law enforcement's perspective um, just to give justice to Barb and her family. And um, that's the most important thing, and that's why we're here. And we want to um, encourage listeners, you know, um, to come forward. If we don't know you exist, I can't come to you. You know, unfortunately is as bad as that sounds. If I don't know that you have information, I don't know to come to you. So, um, if they know anything, um, please let us know. And, um, you know, we just want to bring justice for Barb and like I said, bring some closure to her family and, um,
0: yeah, Okay. Well, I mean, I agree with you. That's moving forward. That should be the focus of all this. You know, I've been doing my best to try to understand not only, you know, we want to learn what happened to her and solve this, but I was, we've been trying to understand how it played out. For example, this Stacy and was he um, cleared and all that. So this has been very, very helpful. Really appreciate it. And um yeah. um yeah, I can't thank you enough. And let's, yeah, let's try to get justice for Barbara. That would be fantastic. So best of luck with your investigation and Um, Yeah. We all thank you.
1: Yeah. No problem. Thank you so much for all that you've done as well.
0: Dakota Spotlight is a production of Forum Communications, researched, written, recorded, and edited by me, James Walner. This season is dedicated to my daughters and to all daughters everywhere. Some music in this season, including the song you're listening to now, provided by North Dakota-born, former Wishick area resident, and UND grad Isaac Turner of Kalamazoo, Michigan, and his seemingly infinite number of musical bands and projects. This band is named Wowza in Kalamazoo. We also heard a little from his bands Out and the Hollis Group. Search for Wowza Out and the Hollis Group on Bandcamp.com or see the links in the show notes. Thanks much, Isaac and friends. To learn more about Missing Kids, check out the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at missingkids.org. To contact me, shoot me an email at dakotaspotlight at gmail.com. If you're loving this season, please tell your friends in real life and on social media, and give me a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. And why not come and join us at the Dakota Spotlight Facebook group. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Season 5, A Better Search for Barbara. Be safe, stay warm, and see you next time.